Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Soroyce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hey, Pat. How's it going? It is going good. Going good down here in Austin, Texas. And it's, uh, you know what? It feels like it's, it's missing a calf, you know? <laughs> we were... I know. I uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, this was on the free feed, our last free episode. We were in person. We were talking about Millie Vanilli. I was petting a dog. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just uh, alone in my bedroom, <clears throat> not petting a dog. So automatic I'm also downgrade. Alone in my bedroom, not petting a dog. I mean, there's a dog. On, there's a dog on purposes, but uh, it's nothing to write home about. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, you didn't hear it from me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was that, that was so much fun. We I that night that we were all at uh, at Zach's spot. Or, that, that was just. Man, that was so much. Every Austin comedian for the last 10 years was there, and that was one of the funnest nights I've ever had. It was so much fun, yeah. Um, so I, I happened to be take my first you know, post-vaccine trip to Austin when uh, a bunch of other people who were kind of in our graduating class happened to be in town. Yeah, and, uh, man. Yeah, it was so good to see everybody. I had such a good time. I was yeah, just talking but- to somebody about this last night, another one of my comic friends, about how it's like, it's so fun when you go back when you don't when you don't live in the place where you started comedy and you go yeah. back and all of the young people respect you yeah <laughs> so great like it just makes yeah. you feel so good it's like probably like one like slit like one percent of what being like a famous and respected comic feels like where it's just <laughs> like, like yeah, yeah just in in like a like 10 square mile radius i yeah. am like welcome to do whatever because everybody loves <laughs> yeah it was yeah that, that is the best feeling in the world i i i was still in austin one time and i was outside of a, an open mic and some kid was talking about like uh how he's never had a bad set <laughs> he was like or he never <laughs> will have how he never will have a bad set and he was just like and he was he said something like he's like i don't know did you have a good set tonight and like this other kid was like did you know who you're talking to dog <laughs> and i was like oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That made me feel really. Oh, no, he says like he's like he's like. I mean, how long have you been doing comedy? Do you do you do you get booked or something like that? And some other younger mic, younger open micer was like, "Do you know who you're talking to, dog?" And I was like, "Uh oh." Yeah, it felt really good. That rules. Yeah, because that's like you can never say it because then you're a monster. But if yeah, you yeah, hear yeah, someone yeah, else yeah. say it about you, like yeah, that does cool. feel good. That does feel yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fun moment. Be, something something wild about being respected and liked. That's just it. It's uh, it's weird, man. It's good stuff. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> through a real good. Fir- yeah, I've got the real first world problem over here. My, I ran out of the carbonated water that I like, and now I'm trying to drink this carbonated water I don't like. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, terrible. Sorry. I'm yeah, so sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll get by. Well, speaking of showbiz, that is my that is my segue today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of showbiz, this is a showbiz story. I've been I've been sort of uh, hinting at doing this for a while, and uh, some of our uh, listeners who are wrestling fans who maybe listen to my old wrestling podcast, WrestleSplania, said that they thought this would be a good idea. Um, so today we are talking about a professional wrestler, um, a, a, a true showbiz like legend in a lot of ways. Uh, it's sorry. I just looked at my phone and I just got a uh, text from my mom and it said, I'm listening to Seth Rogen's interview on Fresh Air. He sounds just like Pat. So that's, <laughs> according to my mom, according that's to my mom, man, I, man, I, I get that a lot. I always get it at like, like a lot of times, like when I'm back home at like hood ass gas stations, <laughs> <laughs> like, 
and like the person behind the counter, I'm like, man, you sound like Seth Rogen. I get that. I've, that's not the first time. That's so funny. See, I when I think about Seth Rogen's voice in my head, I I think of your voice plus Jake Flores's voice. It's like in between. <laughs> if you had like a slider, it would be like in between because he's like a little yeah. grumblier than you. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, yeah, there is. I have a little more. I got the gravel, but I don't have the grumble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's funny. It, I used to work at a call center, and what, somebody sounded like Jake Flores, and they, they, they I worked at another cubicle, and it was like this punk rock haunting. black. Yeah, it's punk rock black dude. And I was here like, oh uh, yeah, like basically what you need to do is like, and I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. That's, yeah. I can't imagine how jarring that would have been. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so today we are talking about uh, the one, the only Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, which Pat, you said you watched him as a kid when you were. Oh yeah, yeah, watching yeah. Wrestling? I watched. Uh, I watched in like the mid '90s and then on into the Attitude Era. I was like, wrestling mm. was like a big part of my interest. So I definitely remember. Uh, I remember Jeff Jarrett. I'm trying to place his look. Um, I remember hearing the name more than I remember hearing anything. But yeah, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, with yeah. the big cowboy hat with the two J's. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Yeah, but it I, I think it kind of fits with his wrestling career that you're like, yeah, I, I sort of know who that is, but I like I don't really remember him because he was never really like a top guy yeah. um, until he uh, did a bunch of stuff to like engineer being the top guy, which we will get into. So the, the thing is, like, I don't think most of this stuff is like that bad. It's more just like the amount of scammy things he's done. Plus that he's just an entertaining guy to talk about. And like yeah. the wrestling world is itself entertaining. So I don't think Hell it's yeah. not like he's carried off like any like crazy scams. Yeah. Um, he's just like exactly like he's like one of the last carnies. Right. Like that is oh, how I would describe wow. him. Like so wrestling, uh, if you're if you're not familiar, I'll, I'll try to like. I don't think this, I think if you don't like wrestling, you will still like this episode, but I'm going to try not to get too into the, you know, vocab and everything. So I will say, if you're not familiar, yeah. wrestling started as an attraction at carnivals and it was uh, run by uh, head, carnies. Heads up. I'm so sorry. I, the, I don't know if we get to the last episode of this one, but you might hear a huge thunder and that just happened again right now. So oh, the, okay. the, listener, <laughs> the listener know what they were, what they were hearing. That wasn't my... Yes. My stomach's not growling or anything. <laughs> Pat, Pat is recording in the middle of a tornado. Uh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah pretty, there, there is a tornado watch going on, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if uh, if you hear any uh, horrible noises, that's that's yeah. what's going on. Hopefully, his house will remain intact through the storm, uh, at least so. until we're done recording. Yeah, they fixed the hole in the roof. I should be okay. So. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. But, yeah, so wrestling, it's, it's a carnival business. It is run by crooked people. The... The whole, like, premise of it initially, it's changed a little bit, but the premise of it initially was to part uh, fools from their money. Like, that was the goal. Yeah. That's why if you're a wrestling fan, uh, it, you're, the term is you're a mark. Like, you're an easy yeah. scam. Like, that, you are <laughs> so you, someone so you who go, is able to be tricked yeah. is what so it So you go into wrestling, wrestling fanhood, like, 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 like the uh, wrestling fanhood, you, you are a mark. Like, that's, that's. Yes. Oh, that's so tight. I mean, I, I think there's sort of, like, the, the connotation and, like, the fans' uh, reclamation of that term, I think, has changed over the years. I think there was yeah. a time when fans would be upset about being called marks. Um, yeah. But I think now there's sort of, like, an, an embracing of it. Because it is, like, I mean, that's one of the things I love about wrestling is that you are willingly suspending your disbelief because it is yeah. more fun to think it's 
to pretend that it's real, even though you know it's fake. Yeah. Um, What I've noticed about like the resurgence wrestling and wrestling fandom, which which I have been swept back up in, like I I enjoy it every time I look at it on the television. It's just not anything I seek out anymore. Sure. sure. But like what I've what I've noticed is kind of interesting is like how wrestlers not only get like. it used to be like, I mean, it's also, I liked it when I was a kid. So it was like, I had a child's understanding of it, but it was like, I had the wrestlers that I liked and I liked them for whatever reason, like their state, their presence, how good they were wrestling, how cool they made the moves look. Sure. But now I've noticed a big part of why people will buy into a wrestler is for how good they are at being like a fake, you know, a character. Like, I mean, like that's kind mm-hmm. of like people are like, oh, he's good at doing the fake thing that, as you say, I willingly suspended my disbelief for but like they'll appreciate like i just like people are just a little more savvy about like the industry in the background and they'll like appreciate that element of a wrestler's skill set like be like oh he's really good at playing the game or just being the character where so it's like it's like they're simultaneously kayfabing and not kayfabing if that makes sense yeah yeah and and i think that that's like a lot of where the enjoyment comes for adult wrestling fans is because like obviously we all know it's not real but it is it's a it's a mode of performance and so you can appreciate a good performance even though you know it's not real you know i mean i i think like especially like we're live performers so like that is a big part of my interest in it i don't i think if i wasn't a live performer it probably wouldn't be as as interesting to me um yeah but, I think as my career goes on that's like why I get more and more interested in it because I'm just like oh you just, you appreciate more and more what they're doing is you're like they're doing all that and being athletic Jesus Christ right yeah and and entertaining and manipulating an audience in that way and like changing the energy in the room like that's all really cool to me but I love how healed them what, what, I'm so sorry I love how healed them now you have to be like if you're a heel you also have to be a heel on Twitter. Like, you know, right. why would you be on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, you, it's you. You have to be the heel. And like, I from what little I see, generally from like things that you retweet, you know, like, and that's my exposure to wrestling. And like, it is funny how like heels are still heels online, and it's like that's a whole other skill set. <laughs> like, right, and they kind of exist in this like middle ground where it's like they're sort of in character, sort of not in character. It's a, it's a tricky line to walk. Um, yeah, there's a pop off where a guy like like said like he a wrestler's dad a wrestler died and like his kid came out of the match and like the guy let him beat him up or something and then he was like he went on twitter and was like fuck that kid and everybody's like oh i don't know about that you know how could he do that everybody's like he's literally holding he didn't say f that kid but he was like basically they were like yeah he's holding out like that that's a heel character he's staying heel even online afterwards yeah no it i mean uh there definitely are like more sort of meta narratives in it now, which is again, a great example of how it, how the business has changed in a lot of ways. And what, what I think is so interesting about Jeff Jarrett is like, he is like one of the last of the old school uh, carnies. And like, cause I said, as at its heart, wrestling is about scamming the audience. That is, that is what it was designed to do. And Jeff Jarrett is just very loyal to that idea. <laughs> and I, I respect that. Um, which makes sense because he is actually a third generation wrestler. He is, Carney is in his blood. Um, <laughs> his, his dad is this guy, Jerry Jarrett, who uh, I have not looked up whether that's his real name. I hope it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure his real name is Jerry Jarrett. Yep, it is. Um, that's tight. So he is, uh, Jerry Jarrett, his dad, um, was, again, the son of another wrestler named Eddie Marlin. Um, but Jerry is the sort of the most famous of his relatives. Um, he was business partners with Jerry Lawler, who you may know of. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, Jerry King Lawler. 
yeah. So um, Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler, the Jerrys, <laughs> um, <laughs> they started a promotion uh, based in Memphis called the Continental Wrestling Association. Um, he owned a bunch of different uh, territorial wrestling promotions. So the way the way wrestling worked before WWE kind of took over everything is that there were the, the country was sort of carved up into different wrestling territories and each territory was run by a different promotion and it was very sort of quasi organized crime like you that was yeah, their territory you, you couldn't move in on the territory without permission all that stuff. <laughs> you do a show no permission they just show up outside with steel chairs and shit like, oh. right? yeah yeah barbed wire <laughs> yeah they're pulling ladders out of the back of a truck <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> But yeah, so so Jerry Jarrett um, has you know his kid Jeff. He's like, join the join the family business, you know, um, and yeah, he's uh, another thing to kind of pay attention to too is like this. This was all in Memphis. He started in Memphis, which like Memphis wrestling is a very specific sort of style of wrestling. Really. Uh, yeah. Um, is it like tangier or sweeter or is it vinegar based? Or like, <laughs> how it? It's mustard based. Um, Ooh, tell yeah, me more about this wrestling. Very good. That's, <laughs> that's delicious wrestling. <laughs> so, um, like I said, it was all sort of based on territories. So different territories kind of became known for different things. And Memphis wrestling is like very, it's known for its sort of um, real, like, it's not super flashy. It's it's known for more like realism. Like you're not gonna see a lot of flips or anything. Uh, you're gonna okay. see you're gonna see body slams and yeah. you're going to see like very defined, like dirty, dirty, mean, bad heel, innocent, perfect, crowd favorite baby face. Like it's very Oh, that's I didn't even thought about like the regional uh differences in wrestling. That's super cool. The way that like I first learned about it is I I heard that in in Memphis like anything you could do to get the crowd to hate you if you were a heel was like you would do it. So it was yeah. like like I just uh, uh this wrestler New Jack just died who worked for um in in the south. He didn't work in Memphis but like kind of the same idea. Um he there was a promo going around of him literally saying because so New Jack he's a black guy he worked these like Oh yeah, New Jack was my big at ECW. I saw that yes. he passed away recently. So he was working before he was in ECW. He was working these like uh, small um, southern towns that were predominantly white and like full of white racists. And yeah. his his gimmick was that he hated white people. And he literally did this promo where he <laughs> said, "OJ Simpson, keep up the good work, baby." <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Just, oh, that is. Mm, that is some sweet mustard-based wrestling right there. Oh, exactly. Man. He literally goes, two less of them we got to worry about. And it's like, this guy is fearless. Oh, like, man. I am eating that at, like, at a cookout with like the, the, the plate on my knees. Like, just like, I'm, yeah. I, I am, man, I'm eating up that style. That is so tight. People wanted to fucking kill him. But yeah, so like that is kind of the... That, that didn't happen in a Memphis promotion, but, like, that's kind of the vibe of where Jeff Jarrett comes from, I would oh, say. Oh, goddamn respect. That's so tight. Absolutely. No, it, it fucking rocks. It's so good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so so Jeff got his start in wrestling working for his dad, Jerry. He worked the territories. Um, but, you know, he was coming up at a time when the territories were sort of becoming less um, powerful and WWF, uh, now WWE, um, was becoming Walmart more... Wrestling Federation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Has anybody ever said that? That that catches on in the wrestling community. Just you know, shout me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like they that becomes more popular. 
So uh, Jeff Jarrett eventually gets signed by them in the early 90s. Um, he makes his television debut in October of 1993 uh, as a heel with um, his gimmick that he used for most of his career was that of Double J Jeff Jarrett, a country yeah. music singer. Who, yeah, that's man. That's that's. I'm sorry, it's sorry. This is all coming back to me. I was thinking. Yeah. Sa- Saturday mornings watching In Your House. Uh, mm-hmm. That we got like a week late because we were in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I just I love the era of wrestling where all the wrestlers had another job. I just always think yeah, that's yeah. so funny. Like he's a country music singer, but he wrestles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's when I started watching, and I was just like, you know, I, I just be like, oh wow, that's. Like that, me and like me and my friends, we thought the Undertaker was like a a, a ghostly, wizard. yeah, yeah, wizard being. Like, how does he do that? That's what uh, me and uh, Chris Tellez, noted wrestling fan, in front of the show, I uh, came on and talked about the Montreal Screwjob early on. Mm-hmm. Um, he has an idea for a wrestler character. He's always called. He's like the janitor. He's just the actual janitor for WWE. And we used to always laugh about like they'd be like, he comes out, he's like, "All right, guys, I gotta win that match." Because we tell you. Managing work and touring has really been fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really burnt out, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, he's, he comes out with like a big ass ring of keys. He's just jingling it like, yeah. I would love somebody using a big janitor ring of keys as a weapon in a match. Oh, that would be so great. But like, not not the way that would actually hurt the person. They're like holding it over their head and hitting them with it. Like, oh, yeah, it's not. Never occurring to them to wrap it around their fist and hit them with it. Um, but yeah, so Double J, Jeff Jarrett, he's a country singer. The idea was that he was there to like get exposure for his mu- music career on this <laughs> wrestling show. And yeah, he had this like rhinestone cowboy outfit. Yeah. And uh, he his sort of he had a couple catchphrases. Um, later in his career, he was known for calling everybody slap nuts. That happened for a while. <laughs> um, but what he does he be known for? Yeah, exactly. Um, I when I was googling stuff for this, one of the things I found it literally was like pro wrestler slap nuts, like <laughs> like related searches. People being like, "Who was that guy?" Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's like, what an insult too. It's like, man, you like a guy who gets slapped in the nuts all the time. I'm gonna call you slap nuts. And you're just like, oh, how do you know? Um, one of his catchphrases that I, I really enjoy was he would spell out his his uh, name so that people because he was trying to get exposure right so he'd say yeah. that's J E double F J A double R E double T which I think is very catchy. Um, yeah, man. He was also known uh, for smashing his opponents with his acoustic guitar. Uh, oh, I did a hundred thousand percent remember that guy. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was his thing. Yeah, that that's his thing. That remains his thing to this day. Um, he nicknamed his guitar El Kabong, which is also very funny to me. Yep. Um, <laughs> and you know, he was like, he worked, he worked through the nineties. Um, he kind of bounced from WWE to WCW and back. Um, yeah. and, and throughout his career, he was known, um, my, my friend Ian Williams wrote an article about him for vice that I, I pulled from a lot. Uh, who's a great, great, uh, wrestling journalist, wrestling writer. He has a, a column. He no longer writes it for vice, but if you search, um, vice ian williams all his stuff will come up and it's great um he ian ian said uh jarrett was always a solid hand in the ring one of the less one of the wrestlers you rely on to give you a good but not great safe match he was fine he was not interesting but he could carry what he needed to carry and thus he was kind of always in the in the upper mid card area of the i like in, in comic terms he was always kind of uh 
a regional feature, I would say. He was never oh, never yeah, quite yeah. a headliner, but he you could count on him. He just kind of was always um, yeah. He was always sort of in contention for, uh, in WWF, the Intercontinental title, which is like the lower title. Like, oh, yeah, I remember the, Intercon- the Intercontinental. Like, every now and then, like, somebody would, like, I think at one point, didn't Shawn Michaels and Diesel have the tag champs? And then, like, Shawn Michaels had, like, the 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 world and the Intercontinental. Can you have both at the same time? Never mind. Sorry. I I'm, truly, I'm like, I was not watching wrestling at this period, so I like, yeah. truly do not know. I was like, a shot of, like, the the limo leaving the, the, the event and Shawn Michaels has two belts across his chest and he's come out the sunroof of the window. It's like uh, the coolest the limo. thing possible. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the coolest <laughs> fucking, as far as, like, pixels on a screen go, it's the coolest it's ever been. One of the coolest, yeah. One of the coolest yeah. images ever burned into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he, he was kind of bouncing around from WWE and WCW, um, always kind of looking to break above the mid card and make some more money. Cause he is fully about the money as we will get into, Hell um, yeah. which brings us to our first scammy Jeff Jarrett story, which is back in 1999. Um, he was working for WWE at the time and he was holding the intercontinental title at the time as well, which is again, yeah. The sort of lower uh, yeah. main title. So, you know, it's a pretty big deal. So he realizes that his contract is about to expire and he realizes that WWE has not, like, seemed to notice this. Like, nobody has come to him for negotiations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's holding the title at this point. So he's like, I have an opportunity here because... The, this was in the height in the 90s. WWE and WCW were in fierce competition with each other for yeah. who was going to be the sort of wrestling promotion supreme and put the other one out of business. Like, that oh, was yeah, yeah. That's what I, I would watch. That. And I remember, like, I would go to, like, I, I always was definitely way more WWE. Mm-hmm. But, like, WCW, like, you couldn't escape it, especially when NWO was around and stuff. Yeah. And I, I would go to a friend's. I usually would be, like, at a friend's house and watch WCW. And uh, I just remember, like, it was so much less wrestling and just, like, 40 dudes in the ring just, like, you know, like just hanging out and, like, talking shit and always be some big-ass fight. It would but, get uh, very silly, for sure. Yeah, but it, it would. But if, if his contract runs out, isn't there, like, the, the threat that he could just show up on that rival promotion with the belt and, like... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was a constant fear that these companies were having because they were in such competition to each other. And like I said, Jared had kind of been back and forth, which this was, if you're somebody like him, a carny who is like <laughs> getting booked by these people, this is a great situation because you play them against each other and you try oh, to get yeah, them to yeah. outbid each other. So he realizes, you, okay. You don't, I, yeah, you don't wear a cowboy hat that big and not know how to play two sides against the middle. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so he realizes, okay, WWE doesn't seem to realize that they are going to let my contract run out when I have the belt. And this is a good negotiation tactic for me because I can threaten to show up on WCW with the Intercontinental belt, which is a, a similar thing happened with a women, with a woman wrestler, um, Alundra Blaze, that's happened oh, yeah. with the women's title with, uh, with WWE. So, like, this is a real fear. It is, and, it, that, that was kind of like the fear that that prompted the Montreal screw job, right? Was that, that fear that he would do that? Yeah, I that was that was part of the Montreal screw job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like we need to get this belt off this guy before he goes somewhere else because otherwise yeah. in it, like he gets to he gets it with if we don't have somebody beat him then he's the title holder and he goes to this other place. He makes our our promotion and our belt look weak. Like he yep. loses it whatever. So Jarrett 
uh, uses this for a payday. And he negotiates with WWE. Um, there are different um, numbers thrown out for what he gets out of Vince McMahon, who is at this time and, and still today the head of WWE, who is oh, yeah. himself. I think Jeff Jarrett is the second biggest carny in wrestling. I think Vince McMahon is number one. Oh, um, he's, he, he, despite all his success, he's still got like the, the spirit. Yeah, I I yeah. think we could do a whole episode on Vince McMahon. Like he is yeah. he is a total <laughs> scammer as well. So this is great because it's like it's it's a bullshitter bullshitting a bullshitter is what. Oh man, yeah, I was gonna be yeah, just like the, the clash of the titans. Yes, this exactly. It is a clash yeah. of scamming titans happening here. God, so, I was such a mark for the McMahon family because they I hated Shane so much, and like <laughs> it was just, it was just so funny because I I was like literally and I hated him for the the reason they wanted me to hate him like just played like a fiddle. I was like oh he thinks he's so cool with this Greenwich <laughs> posse and they got all this money he's never had to work for anything I like I I just hook line and sinker into the whole I, fucking thing I get it like I will say I I think Vince McMahon is like a terrible person but like as a character on TV. That family is good. Like they oh, are fun. Yeah, yeah. They are real fun. They will get you worked up. Um, but yeah, so he go he goes to Vince McMahon when he realizes his contract is expiring, and he allegedly gets three hundred thousand dollars out of him, which is Fuck yeah. pretty fucking good. And the the negotiation was for him to drop the belt. That's he was like, I will drop the belt for three hundred thousand dollars. And the match that he drops the belt in, he actually drops it to China, who is a, a woman wrestler. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and so that was, like, kind of unusual as well. Um, he, but, he, yeah, he basically said, like, I'm going to take your belt to a rival promotion unless you pay me. Yeah. So he negotiates it. They renew his contract. Um, or, no, they, he leaves, but he leaves without the belt. Yeah. And the match he has with China is awesome, by the way. If you So China is very unusual for WWE at this time because she wrestled the men. Which, yeah, like, I, 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 that was, yeah, that was, like, the, 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 the catch with China. Right, and like that has not really happened since in WWE. Yeah. Like they don't really do that. Um, but she was so physically imposing. They had her wrestling men, and she was great. And so this match that they had, they had a match called the Good Housekeeping Match, which the lead up to it was that Jeff Jarrett was being very misogynist, and he was like, "Women belong in the kitchen. Like fuck you. You shouldn't be wrestling." <laughs> And so the match... There's not even a kitchen there. <laughs> yeah. What does that there's, mean, man? There's, I'm sure there's like an event kitchen. I mean, but like, that's like staffed. Like, that's like an, an industrial kitchen. Like, that's, yeah, there's not even a kitchen. It's just a ring, dude. <laughs> but what they did was they brought the kitchen to the ring. They had, yeah, yeah, that's right. They, they had all that. this. They had like ironing boards and like pots and pans. <laughs> And all this stuff, and they they fought with them. It was like a death uh, match or something, but the weapons were all like domestic items. Wrestling is just built different, man. Like, it's just it's such a. It's, it's so wild. It is so like I think they should play this match. I live right by the Broken Museum. Yeah. And it has this. It has ironically, uh, former subject of the show, the Sacklers. Um, oh yeah! Donated a wing. There's the Sackler wing of feminist art, and I think the Good Housekeeping match should be in the Sackler. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> it's so stupid, um, but yeah. So China beats him in this in this Good Housekeeping match, and uh, and yeah. So the story goes that McMahon felt extorted, but he did pay the money, and then sort of in retaliation to this. He promptly made Jeff Jarrett persona non grata in WWE. Jarrett went to WCW um, 
he he worked there for a, a couple years before the company shut down. But when McMahon, so what ended up happening with these two wrestling companies is that WWE bought WCW a few years later. WCW yeah. sort of lost the war. And they're like, oh man, just tucked the check in their fucking front pocket. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, nuts! You win. I'm gonna go buy an island. Right. <laughs> yeah. So McMahon bought WCW and and immediately fired Jeff Jarrett. Like he was <laughs> he was pissed about this. Like this. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Like Jarrett was never brought up on television. He didn't even fire him in person. He didn't even have him on the screen. He remotely on air was like Jeff Jarrett is fired. <laughs> Which, like, yeah. <laughs> disrespect. So, now, in again, another sort of trait of, of this man that we will get into is that he always has something else in the chamber. He's never out of ideas. He's always yeah. got something. So, at this point, Jeff Jarrett's out of a job. What, if, what is he going to do? He's going to start a wrestling company with his dad. That is his plan. And he starts uh, a wrestling promotion called Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, which is very uh, disgustingly abbreviated TNA. Yeah. TNA. Gross. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with TNA. Yes, gross. Uh, yeah, yeah you, if you're, if you're, you may have seen them. They used to air on Spike back in the day. Yeah. Um, oh, Spike are, is just a gross network. Exactly. Just TNA wrestling on Spike. Ugh. Yeah, on Spike. Ugh. Man, the, uh, there was a show on Spike called A Thousand Ways to Die. Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing about that sh- that show is because it's showing like it's pulled from the headlines. It's like pe- real ways people have died, but they got to show the people dying on TV. So per the rules of TV, they always had to make that guy look like the bad guy. And I didn't notice until I started smoking weed. And I would like, come home from school and smoke weed and watch it. And I was like, <laughs> every little vignette is just like Tony was a real fucking asshole and everyone hated him. Then he right. fell down an elevator shaft. Therefore, it's, it's like- <laughs> okay that he's dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, so bizarre. It's like I started smoking weed. I was like, I can't watch this. This is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm I'm sure TNA was in good company with that show. That is, yeah, 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 yeah. Just 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 just, just greasy, gross <laughs> entertainment. Yeah, it was it was pretty greasy. I mean, it was it was okay for a, they had their ups and downs. But um, when you start a wrestling promotion, if you're if you're the Jarretts, you need to get some investors. You're not gonna pay for. You're not gonna be sole owners. You know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They, they, they put all these investors together and they reach out to this woman named Dixie Carter who is working for like a PR firm um, to see if she can do some PR work for the company. She's interested, but then one of the investors drops out. So Dixie Carter calls her parents who happen to be rich as fuck because they own Hell an yeah. energy company in Dallas. And oh, yeah, yeah. Those guys aren't hurting. Yeah, that's... I mean, Texas is a good place to own an energy company. It's a bad place to need energy because yeah, yeah, yeah. the grid will go down. But yeah, yeah, it's a bad place, bad, bad place to be on the receiving end of that equation. But. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Dixie Carter's parents, Bob and Janice Carter, but basically keep this idea afloat. Like they kind of sweep in and save it, and Dixie becomes the president of TNA. Um, so, like. Uh, this is so funny because it's like Jeff Jarrett is a nepotism case, and then yeah. he gets like out nepotismed by another nepotism <laughs> case, which is very gets, funny to me. He gets nepotismed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, Dixie becomes the president, which this will come up a little later. Um, 
But yeah, that's so, a cool name to have when you're in charge of TNA wrestling. And your name's Dixie, like it's, it's Dixie just, it's, Carter. It's a great yeah. name. It's I, yeah. it's her real name too. It's not a wrestling name, which I appreciate. that's tight. Um, yeah. So basically, like the reason this to me is sort of scammy is because Jarrett and his dad basically book him to be the champion of this promotion. Like it's just uh, like, yeah. <laughs> like we're the bosses. So he's going to be the top guy. Cause he was never the top guy in the yeah. other promotions he worked for. And it clearly kind of wore on him. And he was like, this one, it's all me, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, it's like a comedy when people like, are like, why am I not getting booked in my first year or my fifth year of not being funny? Right. <laughs> and like and they just, <laughs> they just start their own show. And right. then as far as everyone from their hometown is concerned on Facebook, they're fans. <laughs> right like the, and this is like this is jeff jarrett basically was like i'm gonna start my own show and i'm gonna headline it every week. yeah <laughs> oh man that's that's it's so it's it's funny because that's so that that, that happens <laughs> it absolutely happens yeah so this guy he was in the first three years of the company he was champion five times like he had five different runs like yeah <laughs> It's like the writer's room just hated when he walked in. They're like, oh, great, Jeff's back. Like, okay, what do you guys like, Okay, check it out. Yeah, check it out, man. I got this idea. I win the belt. Like, I know, yeah. I know. It's crazy. It's wild. I hit him with a guitar, and then I win the belt. Yeah, yeah. Write, somebody write that down. Write that a guitar line down. That is good. <laughs> so here comes the next sort of gross thing about him. Uh, this isn't so much a scam as it is just like I feel like really typifies the carniness of wrestling. Yeah. So Jared at this point, he's he's married. Um, I think I think his wife, I think they got married like around the time of the thing with China and the holding up Vince McMahon thing. Yeah. Um, but his wife is very sadly um, diagnosed with breast cancer and she dies in 2007. Um, sometime around then, it is unclear if it is before she has died or just after, um, he starts sleeping with his co-worker's wife. So, uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he, he is working with a wrestler named Kurt Angle, who you may be familiar oh, yeah. with. Yeah, and uh, he, Kurt was, Angle, he was smashing Kurt Angle's wife. He was smashing Kurt Angle's wife, which is Kurt Angle is a former Olympic real wrestler. I was so gonna like, say, yeah, like, yeah, that's that's what I know about him. Like, like that, you, be careful, buddy. Like that, that right, guy. he's like a pretty like. I mean, a lot of wrestlers are like scary because they're like shady, but like Kurt Angle yeah. could, especially ten years ago, Kurt Angle could legit fuck you up. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, someone you want to yeah, fuck yeah. with. And yeah, Jeff you know, Jarrett, Jarrett for his Jarrett, wrestling like, is, skill. Yeah. I'm not a physically imposing person, really. Yeah, like, he just goes to put him in an arm bar and Kurt just breaks his fucking jaw. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, man, I thought we were going to do face. <laughs> so, yeah. So he start, he's, starts having an affair with Kurt Angle's wife, either before his wife is dead or, like, right after, which is gross. <laughs> I'm sure I, I hope it'd be funny if he's not sure either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, damn, that's a good question. I can go through some emails and check some shit. I can find out for you. Give me a couple days. <laughs> Yeah, so he like their rumors are are spreading around the locker room that that these two have a relationship because Karen Kurt Angle's wife is also an on air person in this. She doesn't wrestle, but she's like on yeah, the show in that promotion. Yeah, yeah. So um, there are like rumors about it, and Dixie Carter, uh, the president, confronts Jared about it and is like, "Is this going on?" And Jared says, "No," he denies it. But then solid move, solid move. This whole thing is just so wrestling because <laughs> the way that this comes out is that somebody 
anonymously calls in to the Bubba the Love Sponge radio show. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That's so funny. Isn't that so funny? So <laughs> that's they get that's that's how this like breaks. And Dixie Carter is so mad she suspends Jeff Jarrett uh, from the promotion for a while for for being not for sleeping with the wife, but for being dishonest about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's not the uh, it's not the crime. It's a cover up. That's what it gets exactly, you. exactly. So, and then this is again where it becomes way more wrestling. So, uh, real, I, I, how, if you, how do they expose? Were they just like and they just have like some irrefutable dates and times or, or like. Well, was there like like was this like some crazy piece of proof or groundbreaking evidence? And they just called up and like, yeah, I know for sure this is happening. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I'm guessing it was the fact that it like got out of the locker room and then became like a PR problem. Oh uh, yeah, they probably had to like kind of own up to it. I think. Yeah, um, some guys like I work at a TCBY outside of Memphis, and I saw them. <laughs> yeah. I saw them giving each other hand jobs in the parking lot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, but again, this is where it gets like super wrestling because when Jarrett comes back to TV, they turn the whole thing into a wrestling angle. With, oh yes, with Kurt yes. Angle, like Kurt Angle is in this, <laughs> and like they're both. It's it's all like they dramatize the real events of the past, but <sighs> at, but add in wrestling matches about yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, and like. I, I, you know, I'm, they're they're good at this job, so I'm uh, 100% sure one of them was like, you know, like, this week at our version of SummerSlam, Kurt Angle, I'm going to slam you like I slammed your wife. Like, <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I can only imagine that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it, it had to have. It had to have. Um, yeah, so they turn the whole thing into a storyline, and, 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 like, by the time he's back on TV, Kurt and Karen Angle are divorced already, but on the no TV shit. show, they make it so that, like, they're still married and Karen Lynn Lee turns on Angle and yeah. marries Jeff Jarrett. So like, they just <laughs> oh, do God. what happened in real life. Well, meanwhile, his wife's corpse is like not even cold. Like these people yeah. are so gross. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. Like there's just like, like I, I, I can, I know numerous situations where when you minus wrestling and, um, you know, media coverage, I, this story happens all over the nation all the time in like sure. in people's lives. And like, it's just so funny that there's certain people like no amount of money will fix them. It's just like, they're going to be that way regardless of what, <laughs> what level of income they're at. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those are my favorite people in the entire <laughs> world. <laughs> God bless him. God bless yeah. him. So what, yeah, is, white trash with money, man. You can't beat white, white trash, trash with money. money. That is There's, the subtitle like, of the Jeff Jarrett story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, he, a few years after this, this happens in like 2009, 2010. Um, a couple years after, he has a match where in the storyline, uh, if he loses, he has to leave TNA, which is like a classic wrestling thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was written off television because he, in true Jeff Jarrett fashion, had another hustle going. He was going to start a wrestling promotion in India, which uh, <laughs> was going to be a subsidiary of TNA, but run in India on Indian television. Um and uh, it was called Rinka King, and it had it was a combination of Indian and uh, American uh, and European wrestling talent. 
Um, so he was like, he got written off TV to move to India to like run this wrestling promotion. It lasted four months. It did have oh. one season of television, <laughs> which I don't know if this is why this happened, why Rinka King happened, but I know this happened with um, WWE a few years later. Um, and this is a rumor, but it tickles me and I hope it's true. So a couple years after this, WWE um, has a, a champion that like kind of comes out of nowhere. He was like not booked like a champion. And then all of a sudden he had the belt and his name was Jinder Mahal. And he was a, an Indian guy. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he was from this, Canada, but he was, this was, in w, this, was in, this was in WWE. This is in WWE. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he's a, he's an Indian Canadian, but he's playing a foreign heel, you know, yeah. like a classic wrestling character. And they made him the champion, like kind of out of nowhere. Like it was a little bit sudden for people who were watching TV and allegedly the story that why they did that, why they decided to do that was because they were getting all of these comments on their YouTube channel from India about like wrestling and they were like oh all of these things are from india we should have an indian champion to try to like market in that part of the world yeah 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 but it was all just bots like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't people like they, they, it's not that popular there like it just yeah 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 their, oh, their metrics so got tight. so skewed that they were like we should have an indian champion we should have an indian champion yeah and like, yeah Whoops. yeah <laughs> do, do you think that the uh, like the fact that he was like had a wrestling presence or that Jeff Jarrett had a wrestling presence in India might have been like the source of like Indian bots like like maybe like like whatever like <laughs> algorithm it was going through it was like yeah. oh oh yeah it was like wrestling has now entered like wrestling has now entered the chat like you know like <laughs> <laughs> highly highly possible because the stuff <laughs> this guy leaves in his wake is yeah I would just love to see also like um like him just like. Jeff Jarrett just like behind the scenes in the first couple of weeks is over there in India and just like being like so callous just about everything. Just be like, oh man, hey, I love it over here. Hey, hey, tell him your name again. Tell him what your name was. Hey, the funniest name you ever heard. You know, like just, oh, yeah. I just, mean, like, this, this guy is, he's a territory wrestler from Memphis, Tennessee. I cannot imagine he went to yeah. India with an open mind. <laughs> he was just like fucking up. He's like bowing to people. They're like, that's not even this, that's not even their thing. <laughs> Wrong culture. What are you doing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't. I can't imagine uh, his impressions of India would be something I would repeat on this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just gotta like take them on the day they throw color at each other and get them the hell out of the country the next day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I for, I forgot to mention this. Another thing that I thought was very funny about his uh, initial TNA run is that he he started a stable called Planet Jarrett, which I think is very funny. I think that's a funny name, Planet Jarrett. That's um, tight. It's like yes. Planet Fitness, but like Jared, you know, like think about it. It was tossed up between that or Planet Jeff. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> yeah, I thought Planet Jared had a better ring to it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so he comes back from India and then he's like, you know what? That didn't work out, but I still want to be in charge of shit. I'm going to buy TNA. That's my plan. I'm going to buy this promotion who I got out nepotism on. Dixie Carter's yeah. running it. I want to buy it from her. So he teams up with none other than country singer Toby Keith to buy <laughs> TNA. That is his business partner. So, I mean, again, He's like, I'll tell you what, man, yeah, we, we will turn, we, uh, as a sweet incentive for the deal, I will make the T and TNA stand for Toby. And you can write that down. <laughs> I guess that's like a double Toby, J stamp. 
I guess like Toby Keith had been like doing stuff on T. Like he'd like done a wrestling angle with somebody. Like yeah, yeah. he was like around. I I mean Toby yeah. Keith is the least fun thing that happens with white trash with money. He's the end of the space. He's, yeah. he's the white trash with money I don't like. like right, because he went all entrepreneurial with his restaurants, and it's like fuck you, man. Be oh, this is a Toby Keith restaurant. Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Grill. That's what it's called. Oh, oh yeah, man. Because okay, he has that I, song I, called I Love This Bar. Yeah, I knew that and I'd forgotten that. Probably on purpose and now I, I think know it I think they have all closed. I don't think any of them are still around, but I oh, might be wrong about that. I, I, I swear, it's like one of the people that I think like that, that, that nobody will ever come back around on. Like, I love how like Guy Guy Fieri was like, everybody's like, like clown the shit out of him and he just kept doing his thing. And then, you know, like the next yeah, thing you know, everybody loved him People came again. around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, to- isn't Toby Keith like the racist one too? Doesn't he have all the like super? Oh yeah, yeah just the, the horrible, just like yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like so, yeah. Jeff Jarrett getting back from India and hooking up with Toby Keith. It's like, yeah, I do not want to hear your opinions about India. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just fucking light and joint the parking lot. It was fucking weird over there, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so he, so he and Toby Keith try to buy TNA, um, and they meet with Bob Carter, the the Dixie Carter's father. That's and the strongest name. That's Bob Carter. <laughs> Bob it's a good name. Car- yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would immediately be like, you win. I don't even know what we're competing in, but you win. <laughs> so C- Bob says, he's like, I will accept your offer on the condition that my daughter remain in the company as the on screen president. And Jarrett and Toby Keith said, nope. <laughs> We're going to go somewhere else. I love how that's fucking, that's like completely uh, uh, shake and bake Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton when he's about to get his arm broke. He's like, I don't know, man. He gave you a pretty decent out. Yep. He's like, nah, no, I'm not going to do it, man. These colors don't run. God, I would fucking love a movie where Will Ferrell plays Jeff Jarrett. I think that would be so good. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) That would be amazing. This is a free episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hit us with some memes of that guy. Yeah, get get that going on on the tweets, man. Yeah, because, like, we're not even done yet. Like, he does way more <laughs> shit. Like, I... Yeah. So, <laughs> so this is where things start to get... Like, everything we've talked about, it's it's mostly wheeling and dealing and then being kind of a scumbag. But nothing, like, full-on yeah. scammy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it comes. Don't worry. Because the Hell next yeah. thing that Jared does is um, he's like, we're not going to buy TNA because fuck Dixie Carter. I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion called global force wrestling gfw gfw okay that that one i i have heard i don't know i don't think i'm familiar with that well because it never really happened <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say it <laughs> seems like yeah it seems like that's why yeah because um so this was in like 2014 and you know we're almost 10 years later now and uh there is not that's insane <laughs> there is not a global force wrestling and yeah. uh but he was on a fucking hype train for, uh, like, after he announced this, he starts announcing talent that he's booked. He starts uh, brokering deals with all of these other international wrestling promotions, like, that he's going to have partnerships with. Like, he's going to bring over, like, you know, these famous Japanese wrestlers to work for Global Force Wrestling. He's like, we're going to launch a TV show. We're going to compete with WWE and TNA. Um, he... Uh, on, I, I just think this is very funny. In 2015, he announces the name of their television show is going to be Amped, which I just think is very funny. <laughs> Amped. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, allegedly, tapings for Amped took place in Las Vegas uh, that that summer in 2015. Um, and in December of 2015, Jarrett said they had 16 one-hour shows filmed and uh, were, were looking for a buyer. Um 
no one has ever seen those. <laughs> they have oh. never. I, I, I think Is they it, were like a, a live event, but like he was like, we're going to be on TV. They weren't. They never were. Never saw the light of day. Is that something? Is, is there any like, um, I, oh, obviously, I, I'm sure if they're, if they're out there in any capacity, they would have been like shared or leaked at some point. So I guess that's like, that, is that like one of like, the Jerry Lewis movie about like the clown in Auschwitz or whatever? Like, is that just I, something we're never going to see? Like, I, I think they may have been aired as part of TNA, which is another thing we're going to get to in a, in a little bit that he. He's basically so good at conning people that he sells this fake company back to TNA and like they get all the rights to it and stuff. So we'll get there. It just becomes like that weird subplot. Like like I want a show has like a strange ass like backdoor pilot episode that doesn't take off. And you're like, oh, yes. that's weird. That's yeah. like basically that's like basically what happens. So, yeah. So he starts this Global Force Wrestling. No TV show ever, ever comes of it. But he's still talking it up as like the best thing ever. And uh, then the next year in 2016, um, again, with kind of nothing to show for it, he uh, announces this big opportunity on his website. Um, and it is for something called Global Force Gold. And what that is, is uh, based on a seven minute video posted to his website. Um, Global Force Gold is a website uh, inviting you to join Team Jarrett and uh, invest in something called carrot bars. And <laughs> that's like a wild left turn. I thought this was going to be like, um, he went like full Trump university. It was like, learn how to wrestle. Mm. And no carrot bars. No, that he is calling on wrestling fans to invest in his gold buying pyramid scheme. That is what this is. That is oh, just a full on pivot. Shit. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> Just oh, a man. special opportunity just for Jeff Jarrett fans. Join Team Jarrett. We have a marketing plan. Uh, you're going to make so much money. There was a big pop-up on the website uh, when you went to Global Force Wrestling that said, join Team Jarrett now and earn your weight in Global Force Gold. So, like... <laughs> so, your average-sized wrestling fan was sitting on a, on a fortune. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That is quite a bit of gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, man, yeah, that is that is wild. That is not that did not see that coming. Totally out of left field. That is great. You can't fix these people. Yeah, it, you exactly. That is the more <laughs> you cannot fix these people. So, I mean, that's the thing is like his business was obviously failing, and in Jeff Jarrett fashion, he's like, I gotta come up with something else. I gotta come up with another hustle. Yeah, I'm gonna invest in this pyramid scheme, and it's it's an already existing pyramid scheme. It's, like I said, it's called Carrot Bars, like K A R A T. Yeah, and it's you you in, you invest in like gold bullion, and you get like a little card like a little piece of gold in the shape of a credit card. And you're like, this is my gold. And you sell it to your friends. And, oh uh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, I work in the pawn shop. Like I, 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 there's like gold buyers, uh, and they're, they, yeah, they're, they're always just on some degree of just like insane. Yeah. I mean, I think this is really playing into this idea of like, um, you know, the grid's going to go down. Like there, I still got to get, get gold. Yeah. I don't understand why gold would be – if society crumbles to the way right. where, like, currency is collapsing, I just don't see how, like, like gold doesn't have, like, a practical use. I don't know, man. Yeah, and, no, and it's, it's very soft. Like, you can't build anything out of it. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it's it's it just shiny. 
Yeah, it, it, it's all it does. And like, yeah, maybe like there's like some like circuitry applications, but like, I mean, aside from that, yeah, so I, I don't understand it. And I'm sure somebody out there is literally about to drive their car off the road right now because they're like, it's, <laughs> it's, our, it's our immutable commodity or some stupid fucking phrase. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, but I don't know, man. I'm saying that if shit gets bad enough to where like, gold like currency is devalued i just don't think gold's gonna have any value either i don't think gold's gonna do it yeah i think it's gonna be like drinkable water (laughs) yeah drinkable water or the yeah like i like i i I look at my i don't work construction anymore but i look at my tools and i'm always just like yeah shit goes down that's that's my bug out bag i'm grabbing my fucking tools i will give myself some value (laughs) you'll you'll figure it out yeah yeah yeah. so yeah um clearly based on (laughs) global force gold uh, Global Force Wrestling is not doing too well at this point. And uh, again, Jeff Jarrett always got a plan. He managed to talk his old company that he left to start this company into buying Global Force Wrestling from him and, quote, merge the two companies. From half like, court. <laughs> he just, yeah. <laughs> he merged the two companies. It's like you don't have a company. Like, there's nothing here. But he's like, oh, we're merging yeah. them. And uh, yeah, so in 2017... Um, Impact Wrestling rebranded and took on the Global Force Wrestling name. Um, so they were like, yep, we're one thing now. Like, we did it. We're back. Uh, <laughs> we are now nonstop Global Force T action <laughs> conglomerate. Right. Like, it, it basically seems like he was, like, selling this shit off for parts because he it couldn't yeah. be profitable anymore but the, the fact that he managed to get them to do it is amazing and then it takes another carny turn where he ends up leaving tna and they just stop using the global force wrestling name when he leaves like they're like <laughs> you know like our our business is over like he our, yeah. our partnership is terminated yeah, um, that, that's why. And also, you know, like a franchise is going downhill with like like crazy changes get made like that. Nobody seems to notice or care. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They just like changed their name and then stopped and like gradually stopped changing their name. Like it's just yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb and weird. Um, But then Jeff gets them again because after this partnership dissolves, he sues them for copyright infringement for using yeah. the Global Force Wrestling <laughs> stuff. <laughs> just, when you, just when you think it's done. You're right. Like, oh, you know, surely Jeff can't do anything else to us. <laughs> nope. He, Damn, he what a force them. to be reckoned with. Yes. And so, um, yeah, so he, he, uh, he sues them for copyright infringement. Uh, he also filed another lawsuit uh, claiming that Impact Wrestling TNA had uh, deleted the master copies of that show Amped that never aired. He was like, <laughs> you erased Amped. I'm yeah, suing yeah. you. Yeah, I was going to do a bunch of cocaine with Toby Keith and show it to him over the course of an evening, and it wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so TNA, TNA uh, the company that owns TNA, countersued. Um, he also has like a personal injury lawsuit. Like, also, I rolled my fucking ankle all the way out the door, so that's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> I also got the fucking David Kobe, the lawyer that rocks. Like, yeah, exactly. To come help me, like, damn, this dude's hitting them for all they're worth. Just yeah, milking them for everything. So, um, and, like, is, is his dad still owning the, an owner of the company? That's a good question. You know, I can't remember. I think I think he must have been involved with TNA at that point, because like, why else would they buy this nothing? Yeah, company. yeah. Like I, I think, and and I know like even after Jarrett left TNA, I'm pretty sure he had some investment stake in it too. Like, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, 
whatever happened, like this is almost all because of nepotism. Like he is yeah. using his connections. Um, but yeah, so th- this is also a really funny burn to me is, um, so in the countersuit that TNA's owners bring against Jarrett, they're like, we don't make any money off of Global Force Wrestling, so you can't sue us for assets because this is not profitable to us. Like, <laughs> very hurtful. <laughs> yeah. Just um, yeah, like, like, just funds not available. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. So as of summer 2020, um, there was a mistrial declared, so... Uh, the charges ended up being dismissed, but without prejudice. So um, Jarrett can he can request a new trial at a later date, but it's not solved. But yeah. Jarrett has gone back to using the Global Force Wrestling name him himself, and uh, this is kind of the. In the doing what does he have? A, like does he have a promotion? Is he putting on matches and shit? Well, he has another scam up his sleeve. Is what he has with this Global <laughs> Force Wrestling, um, because. The, the net, and this is when I found out about all of this because like I didn't really start paying attention to wrestling until about 2016 or so. Um, yeah. In 2018, Global Force Wrestling, which I think they had put on some live events, but like no TV stuff, nothing. Yeah. Just like they were like booking shows. Um, yeah. But he gets another great idea. He says, "I'm going to offer travel packages for wrestling fans." So this is his his. That's not of, that's not bad. That sounds dope. Like I'm gonna take you know, head out, go see the. And, and I mean, also it's wrestling fans, so it's just like they're like, bro, literally, I can go to any Chili's in the city, dude. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> they're like, bro, he's got us out of fucking days in. Dog, there's two beds in the room. I don't know what is happening right now. <laughs> yeah, not the people with the highest standards. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. I, I actually do think this is a pretty smart idea, but he was obviously charging criminal prices for it. So oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows no other way. <laughs> exactly. So, like, the, the main one that I heard about this with. So there's um, one of the biggest wrestling events of the year is a show called Wrestle Kingdom, which is um, in Japan. It's this Japanese company, New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's their, like, WrestleMania every year. It's their biggest event. Yeah. It's every year on January 4th, and it's in the Tokyo Dome. It's in this, like, huge, beautiful venue. And New Japan was so dope. I just remember that was, like, because, again, you, you, we didn't have the internet and shit, so I would just see New Japan, like, every now and then, like, a friend's older brother would have some fucking tape or whatever. Yeah. And that just blew my mind. They're just flying all over the place. I loved it. Yeah, it's awesome. They're, like, one of my favorite promotions for sure. And now they have a streaming app, so it's way easier. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so like every year, some, a few, you know, diehard American fans usually make the trip to Tokyo to watch the show. I'm hoping to go this winter or next winter. I think it'd be really fun. So it's like, it's a thing that American wrestling fans will do. Um, and Global Force Wrestling was like, let us book the trip for you. Uh, we'll take care of everything. We'll get your tickets. We'll get your hotel. We'll get, you know, all this stuff. Um, the problem is that a... Jeff Jarrett has like barely worked in Japan, so it's not like he has any connections. Like, yeah. he's not, he's, there's no insider privilege here. And B, <laughs> the uh, price for this package was $4,000, which is uh, way I more than you yeah, need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's, um, and it wasn't I'll, even a nonstop flight, there were layovers, and it was still $4,000. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta stop off this one place. Like I don't know what's it, the, the the country has no vowels. I know that, and you're gonna have to stop there first. Oh and man, the- it's like when uh, when when uh, I was living in New England and going to New York, and you take the Chinatown bus, 
and uh, yeah. <laughs> there it would always stop somewhere so random. Just yeah. like the bus driver needs something here. <laughs> like, yeah, this is yeah, yeah, super yeah. shady. It's not That's even a gas station. It's like a yeah. shoe repair shop. You're, like, <laughs> exactly. you're obviously running an errand right now. <laughs> Precisely. Oh man, that's. I wonder if like he like firefested it and like didn't even make any like like I can, I can just imagine this guy like that. It's like the weekend before, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah uh, get a bunch of hotel rooms in Japan for me, please. They're like, <laughs> that can't just happen like that. Yeah. So that's like that's kind of the last um, scam, but like a fun, an epilogue to this that I feel like really you know drives home the kind of point i'm trying to make is uh despite all of these shenanigans he was inducted into the wrestling hall of fame a few years ago <laughs> um King shit that is I, so tight yeah i really do think he is one of the greats of the business if you think about what the business is which is yeah. scamming people and like um ian, again my friend ian williams in his article about Jarrett says i think sums it up perfectly he says more than just about anyone else still active, Jeff Jarrett is pro wrestling. Certainly, he's what pro wrestling once was, a tendril of old school carny nonsense worming its way into the modern form. For that, Double J deserves to be in the Hall of Fame as much as anyone. And uh, yeah, I think that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, yeah, wow. Nothing, nothing like truly terrible, but just like a long career of being kind of a dirtbag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 that, is, uh, that is something, you know, I, I think we could probably stand to, to delve into more because you know like that's that's such a great class of person. Well, that's Just so a cool. Colorful man. character that yeah. sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone who yeah who the word dishonest doesn't not apply to you know. Like, yes, precisely, yeah. precisely. That's so tight. Like I I, I think I, I went halfway through this. I was like, is this like good guy club material? And I, it is not. So he's not no. good guy club material. I mean, he I, like cheated on his dying wife. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, that was around the got, time when I was like, okay. Yeah, he, I mean, he, the pyramid scheme stuff is like pretty, yeah. pretty unforgivable. But otherwise, he's kind of just a hustler. Like, yeah, I, I would say if we had a category that fit him, I would throw him in the the fucking rat ass dude category. Yes, <laughs> the absolutely. dude, the, the dude's rock category. Yes, of, of yeah. precisely. So That's yeah, cool, I just. Thought that was a good window into sort of the carny, the carny tendencies of uh, of this industry yeah. that is sort of constantly trying to be more legit than its roots. And uh, as long as Jeff Jarrett's around, I don't think it's going to be escaping its roots. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that man. Do, do everything you can to drag your art form back to the hell that it came from. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's so tight. Well, thank you very much for telling me about that. That was cool. I, I love. Like I said, I always love catching back up with wrestling because you know it, like if it wasn't it was not the late 90s early 2000s or any time i live with chris Tellez, i don't yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't uh, follow it so that's that's rad man thank you so well shit, yeah uh worth it definitely uh it yeah. seems like especially in that business it's definitely worth it it's kind of worth it and like even the i mean the pyramid scheme stuff you can't really defend but like he's still married to kurt Angle's wife like yeah. seems like they had a good relationship <laughs> i mean <laughs> if you can be if you can be the son of a pro wrestling legend and uh, make a career out of it by all means do so yeah worth yeah it. That, that's cool man well Jake, uh kath once again thank you guys thanks for listening um you know this was kind of like uh a little bit of like a like a interest specific episode so if you were joining us for the first time today welcome aboard you know we talk as you heard up at the top we talk about liars frauds thieves bullshitters uh who i de- definitely bullshitter would definitely fucking uh, fall under <laughs> 
with this guy. But yeah, uh, you know, so please listen to us in the future. Um, we do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. And we're on Twitter at uh, at LCS Podcast. Uh, You can find me. My name is Pat Soros. You can find me at PZTX. And um, if you live in Austin, Texas, or around Austin, Texas, I'm going to be at the Paramount Theater on the 27th. That's going to be pretty fun. So I would check that out. And on the 23rd, I'm going to be at Hyenas Comedy Club in Dallas. So... That's what that's what I'm doing. Uh, Kathy, you got anything for us? Nice. Um, yeah, so, yeah, our Patreon has two uh, more bonus episodes a month for you. So if you want more content, definitely hit up our Patreon. Um, I also have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive, which is about dumb news stories. That comes out every week. Um, I don't have any dates booked at the moment, but please follow me on Twitter, Kath Barbadoro. Um, I will be posting uh, my bookings and stuff there. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Cool. Yeah. Well, guys, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, be safe out there. Have fun. Uh, falls online. But above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time. Bye.